We're going to begin this week where we'll spend at least maybe four, five, six weeks and take our way through what I believe is relevant and right for us here at Crossroads Baptist Church for right now. So open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Leviticus, chapter number 10. The book of Leviticus, chapter number 10. Continue to pray for Pastor Mike, that God would raise him up. He's on a number of medications. We're praying that God would work through each of those. And aren't you, know, aren't you glad that God can do what medicine can't do? Amen. So you continue to lift him up. <clears throat> and Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer, and put fire therein, and put incense thereon, and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. And they went out fire from the Lord, and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Y'all believe the Bible? Hmm? Uh, because if you don't, this, I mean, this whole service is pointless. And we live in a different age, a different dispensation, different times. I mean, we look different than they looked like in Leviticus 10. The way we run the service today is not how they ran it in Leviticus 10. We're not meeting in the same structure. I don't think they had screens in Leviticus 10, projectors. They did not sing the same songs we're singing. They certainly weren't using their cell phones and high-tech cameras. They didn't drive to church in Leviticus 10. A lot has changed since Leviticus 10. But God has not. Amen. So you're going to have to believe the Bible. Now, let me remind you of something. Even if you don't believe it, it's still true. Amen. So you don't believe the Bible to confirm it. You believe the Bible to liberate yourself. And they shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You, you say, oh, the truth shall make you free. The truth shall make you free. It ain't going to make you free if you don't know it. Amen. So we endeavor to preach the truth. And we don't, we don't pass out uh, handouts and ask everybody what truth they want preached. There's a, buzz, there's a buzz phrase that's going around in the world today that everybody's using. Tell your truth. Tell your truth. You need to speak your truth. You know, your, it's only one truth. You tell your truth. It's truth though it's not. It's his truth. Your truth better line up with his truth or your truth is a lie. Then Moses said unto Aaron, this is it. Turn to the person beside you. This is it. <laughs> Boy, God knows how to talk, doesn't he? This is it that the Lord spake. Doesn't God have a way of bringing something around to show you when he was talking to you, you act like he didn't know what he was talking about, and then later on it happened, you say, oh, this is it. This is it. That's, that's what he was talking about. Yeah. Moses Aaron, this is it. You better be listening. 
I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me. I will. Say it with me. I will. And for all the people, say it again. I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. It's an interesting thing. Those are, kind of, those are statements in the Bible we weren't really paying attention to. Aaron held his peace. You know why? Because Moses was talking to him about his sons. What you going to say, man? What are you going to say? God's here, they're there. He ain't changing, and they don't want to change. God killed them. What you going to say? You're going to say nothing. Hold your peace. Listen, when you're wrong, hold your peace. Hold your peace. Don't know all this, all this. Hold your peace. Get it right. Hold your peace. When you messed up, hold your peace. Don't try to defend it. Don't try to excuse it. Don't try to explain it. It was wrong. God dealt with it. Hold your peace. Amen. Turn to the person beside say, hold your peace. They say, what does that mean? Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Let the church say amen. <laughs> Father, add thy blessing to the reading of your word. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit. Help me to be a blessing, I pray. Use the Bible as you have time and time again. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. I'd just like to lay the foundation for this series, if I could today. And we'll jump in with both feet next week. We have our Bibles open to the book of Leviticus, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, the third book in the Pentateuch, the third book of Scripture, the third book of the first five in the Bible written by Moses known as the law. You'll remember that Exodus concluded with the construction of the tabernacle according to God's instructions and then the filling of the tabernacle with the glory of God. The filling of the tabernacle. See, when God fills something, he dominates it. He controls it. He, he influences it. Listen to me. Don't you want to be filled with the Spirit of God? Leviticus, Leviticus continues by giving the order for the priest, Levites, the rules of worship in the tabernacle. In Leviticus 1.1, God has moved to the tabernacle. In other words, he's no longer speaking from Mount Sinai. That is the place where Moses received the Ten Commandments. Now God is speaking from the tabernacle. Listen to me. This is where he's talking to his people from. By the way, God still has a place where his people need to hear from him. Leviticus is God telling them how to come and how to walk with him. Now listen, listen, I know we're living in a, in a day of merged everything. But listen to me, God still has rules. I, more than seven of you agree with that, surely. God still has rules. You, you got to come right and you got to walk right. You can't come any kind of way. You can't walk any kind of way. Now listen, there are churches, there are people, there are philosophies that will boast of that fallacy, but it just is not so. It is 2023. We do have technology. We are set up differently differently when it comes to government. There's a lot in this world that's changed that we have advanced. But listen to me. You still have to come right and walk right with Almighty God. Yes, indeed. So this is a book of worship. This is what we call Sunday morning, a worship service. Now listen, just because we call it a worship service doesn't mean you worship. To worship, you see, you don't worship God for what he's done, you worship God for who he is. 
See, see, if you only give God what you want to give him when, you, when he gives you something, there are going to be days when you're going to feel like you don't want to give him anything. But if you're giving God worship because of who he is, there's never a day when you shouldn't worship him because everything he was, yesterday he is today. Everything he is today, he'll be tomorrow. Leviticus highlights an emphasis of a number of topics. Topic number one, sacrifice. All of the animals and sacrifices that God instructed them to make were important. God wanted his people to clearly understand that worship costs. Let's say that together. Worship costs. If you don't believe it, ask Abraham, Genesis 22. Arise, go to a mountain that I will tell you of. And take thy, take thy son, thine only son. Listen to scripture, Genesis 22. Whom thou lovest. Don't go up to that mountain and offer something you don't want. We're good at giving God stuff we don't have any use for. I've stayed in some places like that. They call them prophet's chambers. Sometimes I get there and the pastor says, we got a, we got a really nice prophet's chamber. What makes it nice? What makes it nice is that everything in there was donated from the church members that they didn't want anymore. Shag carpet, old recliner, mismatched this, that, and the other, popcorn ceilings. And preacher, we're going to take really good care of you. Now listen to me. Listen, it ain't good for somebody else if you don't want it no more yourself. Certainly not good for God. Worship calls. The second emphasis is atonement. Forty-five times atonement. The word means to cover up. This is highlighted in the book of Leviticus. The blood of bulls and goats didn't actually take away sins. It only covered sins until Jesus Christ came. I wish I could get an amen on this Palm Sunday that we celebrate when Jesus rode into town on a donkey and they were swinging those palm branches at him saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, which means save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You know what they were saying? On that donkey, it's not just any man. This is the one who's come in the name of the Lord. What a ram couldn't do, what a lamb couldn't do, what a bull couldn't do do what a sheep couldn't do what a goat couldn't do when Jesus Christ came this man after he'd offered a sacrifice for sin sat down at the right hand of the throne of God where he ever lived to make intercession for us aren't you glad when there wasn't a rose red enough there wasn't a lamb white enough there wasn't a man good enough that God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons and here's the propitiation for our sins and not for our sins only but for the sins of the whole world. neither is there salvation in any other there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must God's got a way that you can't go over God's got a way that you can't go under. God's got a way that you can't go around. You must come in at the door. And if you don't know anything when you come to church this morning, let me let you know this. Jesus is the door. And anybody can enter that door by faith. Leviticus 17, 11 tells us the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for your soul. See the sacrifice required blood. No blood, no remission. Hebrews without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. You must understand this, beloved. In order for sin to be paid for, blood had to be shed. That happened way back when Adam and Eve sinned. They made them coats of skin. Something had to die. Blood had to be shed. Aren't you glad when blood needed to be shed for the sins of mankind that the only man that could did. Amen. Next Sunday we'll celebrate Resurrection Sunday. Thank God for the cross, but what makes the cross so special is that beyond the cross is an empty tomb. Up from the grave, he arose. In chapter 16, the great day of atonement is depicted. 
is a great picture of Christ's sacrifice. Aaron, the priest, would take a bullock for himself and his family and put incense blood, sprinkle it on the mercy seat seven times. He would kill a goat. He'd have two goats, one that died and one that lived. Take that blood and sprinkle it on the mercy seat. He'd come out and put that blood on the horns of the altar and sprinkle it seven times, cleansing it, hallowing it from all the uncleanness of the people. And then after he took that dead goat and put it aside, he'd take that live goat. He'd take that live goat and put his hands on that goat. Put his hands on the head. He'd confess the sins of all of the people. And then after he confessed the sins of all of the people over that goat, he'd loose that goat and let it go. And that goat would go into wilderness, an uninhabited place, never to return anymore. It's a great picture of what Jesus did for us. When he saved, our, saved us from our sins, he took our sins, Psalm 103, as far as the east is from the west. So far as he removed our transgressions. But listen, you don't have to be a theologian or a historian. You don't have to make straight A's to understand the West ain't going to never run into the East and the East ain't going to never run into the West. Listen, your friends, your family, and the world will remind you of all your sins. But when Jesus saved you, he sent them as far as the East is from the West never to be brought up again. The third topic is holiness. Worship, atonement, and holiness. 91 times holy is in Leviticus. Here's what it means, that which is set apart, marked off, and different. Could you say that with me? Set apart, marked off, and different. Say it again. Set apart, marked off, and different. One more time. Set apart, marked off, and different. Listen, here's the first thing we got to understand is holy. God is holy. Somebody say amen. I'm telling you, he's set apart. He's marked off. He's different. He ain't like dead Muhammad. He ain't like big Buddha. He ain't like Jesus' mama Mary. He ain't like the Pope. He ain't like the priest. He ain't like me. He ain't like you. He ain't like Confucius. He ain't like cows that used to be grandmas. Listen to me. He's God all by himself. He's holy. Eight times in the Bible. God is holy. Be ye holy, for I am holy. The Sabbath was holy. That day that God was worshipped, it was supposed to be holy. The priests were set apart to minister holy. Their garments were supposed to be holy. They could not be duplicated for common use. In other words, what you used when you were a priest, you weren't supposed to go out and go in town with that because when you came to worship God, your clothes were different as a priest than they were when you were hanging out in the street. Everything was to be holy and treated differently. The tithe, Leviticus 27, holy. It's still holy. Don't get nervous. You say, oh my goodness, now you're talking about my money. No, I said the tithe. That's not yours. The tithe is the Lord's. It's holy. It's holy. That means you don't want to spend it elsewhere. Amen. It's holy. So in the first chapters of Leviticus, the seven chapters that it begins in the book, God deals with holy offerings. Chapter number eight, the priests are consecrated, set aside to do the job. Remember, the priests were the ones who went before God on behalf of the people. By the way, we don't need a priest anymore. Hebrews says the great high priest Jesus went on our behalf and the middle wall of partition has been broken down. The veil has been rent. Whereas before they had to go in, they had to send the priest to go in before God and on behalf of the people. Now we are our own priest. Jesus went in with his own blood. I don't need a pope or a priest to represent God. God to me or represent me to God. I get to go in all by myself. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The priests are given commandments. Chapter 9. They offer 
initial offerings, Aaron blesses the people and God sends down fire from heaven. The glory of the Lord appeared. Isn't it something when you see God's glory displayed? Amen. It consumed the burnt offerings. This was not a bad fire, folks. This was a, a, this was a fire of approval, of acceptance, and of agreement. The people responded to that approval with shouting, and they fell on their feet. Listen to me. It felt good to the people when God was pleased with what they did. Now, listen to me. There's a lot of people out in this world that want you to please them, but there's nothing in life that feels better than knowing that your life pleases Almighty God. What a sight. But in chapter 10, Nadab and Abihu messed up. Somebody say they messed up. The scripture says they offered strange fire. The word strange in Hebrew is the word zur. It means profane, committed from another place. It means foreign. Here's here's what God said. They offered foreign fire. In other words, they offered foreign, strange, profane fire that was coming from another. In other words, God said, that's not the stuff I want. And different fire came down from heaven. The end of chapter 9, fire comes down from heaven of approval and of acceptance. In chapter 10, fire comes down and consumes Nadab and Abihu. It is fire of rejection and refusal. In chapter number 9, the fire comes down. The people worship God, shout, and fall on their faces. In chapter 10, fire comes down. People die. I want to remind you of something. God had a program in Leviticus and God has a program now. In Leviticus, it was the tabernacle. Today, it's the local church. Somebody say amen to that. God's organism, ecclesia it is, called out assembly of baptized believers, congregated together to glorify God and fulfill the great commission. We're not here just to feed the poor, and we're not here to just uh, put clothes on people that don't have them. Although those are good things that the church can do, the greatest thing the church can do is let people know that there's a God who sent his son to hang and bleed and suffer for the sins of mankind. The greatest message that the church can tell is something they can't get in politics, they can't get in the courtroom, they can't get out of society, they can't get in the shopping mall. That's the message that he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our That's what the church is all about. When the church is moving in concert with the Holy Ghost of God, we're giving the gospel. People are getting saved. Those that get saved are getting baptized. Those that get baptized are getting trained to do the same thing. The church is growing, moving closer and closer to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the business of the local church. God called his people to the tabernacle to meet with him, and today he's calling us here to meet with him. He wants to bless us. He wants to move. He wants to sanction, but God cannot compromise his holiness. Today we seek to worship. Worship should be an emphasis today and to serve God in a society full of perversion and immorality, one where false religion is prevalent and where the devil has blinded the minds of people and convinced them into believing that walking, worshiping, and witnessing for God can be done in any kind of way. It just isn't so, beloved. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what men say. I don't care how large the churches are and how many people are going. You cannot worship God any kind of way and let me caution you 
to not fall to the trick of the devil that your worship ends when the service does. See, you should be worshiping when you're in your house. You see, you say, you say I can't sing. Although, listen, all of us have been saved. We have a song in our heart. But, but it's not just singing. It's the way I live. It's, it's that my life testifies that God is great. It's, 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 it's that my mouth says that God is great. It's that the way I carry myself says God is great. It's the way I react. It's the way we, we live in our marriages. It's the way we raise our kids. It's, it's the way we listen to music. It's the way we put clothes on our bodies. It says to us that we serve a God that's holy, that's set apart, that's marked off, that's different. And I'm going to tell you what's wrong in our world today. There are a bunch of people. They're at the spot. They're lined up for worship. They got their Bibles. They got their clothes. They got their time marked off. Here's the problem. They're offering strange fire. For here's, here's God. I don't know this. That, that, that's, look, look, that's not what I told you to do. That doesn't line up with me. Ladies and gentlemen, we got to get back to Bible worship. I'm talking about worship was in the Bible. I'm not just talking about a song. I'm not just talking about waving our hands. And by the way, the New Testament, Timothy says, lifting up holy hands. But notice Timothy said, lifting up holy hands. He didn't just say lift up hands. He said holy hands. Some, some preachers say, what do you think about people raising their hand? I really don't like to go in churches where people raise their hand. I said, I don't mind it. I just hope the hands they're raising are holy. <laughs> what I don't like is that hands get raised in church on Sunday that were raised in the club on Saturday. That mouths that are singing for God on Sunday were singing for the devil on Saturday. That feet that are stomping to now I'm on my way on Sunday were beaten to something else on Saturday. Say, Pastor, but, but, but I can play that instrument well, but I got a good voice, I got good rhythm, I, I, I know how to dance, and I know how to move, and, and I know those songs, and I can sing them real well. You close your eyes, you think that was CC singing in BBC. Listen to me, this is not American Idol, this is not The Voice, this is not America's Got Talent. They're trying to win awards there, they're trying to win money there, they're trying to cut records there. We ain't trying to win an award, we ain't trying to win no money, we ain't trying to cut we're trying to lift up the mighty name of Jesus. And I'm troubled. I, I am. We have, we have annihilated just about all of the biblical standards for worship in America today. I mean, what's the rule? Sometimes don't you wish that churches like other organizations had detectors when people walked in? But not metal detectors. 
spirituality detectors. Beep, 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 beep. What, what's wrong, sir? Oh, come over here. We need Juan. You down. Beep, 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 beep. Leave them cigarettes out there. Beep, 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 beep. We've got a dirty mouth. L listen, listen. You don't have to be perfect to come to church, but you shouldn't be fake. Nobody, nobody in here is perfect. We, we don't want the detectors to make sure that everybody that goes through the detector is perfect. Otherwise, we wouldn't. Listen, nobody be here. Pastor Deacons, all of us be out in the car talking about, it beeped you too, man, beat me too. <laughs> I just want you to go first. I already knew I was going to beep. Amen. Who going first? Deacon Jefferson, we sending him in through first. Then the rest of us don't feel bad, but we all going to beep. That's why, that's why I'm always amazed that people go, I can't believe hypocrites in the church. They were in the club when you went last night. Hypocrites. It didn't stop you from going. If, at least if they're in here, they can get right. They'll get sincere. Strange fire. So for the next several weeks, we're going to talk about strange fire. Here's why. You can't pastor in 2023 unless you're willing to fight the pervasiveness of this. I mean, I, I don't know. What kind of Christianity you want to live? Easy Christianity? The longer we live, the harder it's going to get. We, we can't be good Christians in 2023 unless we're willing to face the conflict that we're going to have to battle the pull to mess with this strange stuff. Amen. And, and listen, it's, it's, it's a tug of war because churches err on the wrong side of the subject and it's hard to figure out what's too far and what's too tight. I mean, in some churches, if you're not all wearing the same uniform and you're not all whole, you know, you can't, you don't, don't touch the mic. And if you move your head, you know, because, you know, your neck hurt, like, don't, we don't move to the music around here. I'm like, what do you think David was doing? He danced. Somebody said, well, I don't know. I'm telling you, he was dancing. And now he may not have been doing the gritty, but he was dancing. He wasn't shucking and jiving his body in a, some sensual way, but I'm telling you, he wasn't like this. So I don't want, listen, I don't want people standing up here and look like statues. Amen. But I don't want them to look like they at the go-go either. How, how, let's you, you, you come on. Give me a list and you tell me what, what's right and what's wrong. How do you come up with it? How do we come up with a list over what's acceptable for worship here at Crossroads? And make out a list. You, you can only move your right hand. You can stomp your left foot. You can snap 16 times during the song. Afterwards, you can't stop. We can't live the Bible by making up man-made rules. We have to live by biblical principles. Here's what we got to do. You can't be up here doing something that looks unholy. That's the rule. And you can't be living in a known unholy way and think you still have the right to be up here. That's what, that's what the biblical principle does. It, it boundaries us. 
preach, Pastor. And listen, I got saved when I was, can you read hands, hands, fingers? I got saved when I was, surrendered to preach when I was. I was coming to church nine months before I was born. In my mama's stomach. I've never known anything but church. I never tasted alcohol. Never tasted. Never smoked a cigarette. Never been to a club. I haven't even been to a movie theater. And I'm not telling you you're wicked if you go. I'm just telling you I haven't been. Live a pretty sheltered life. I've been in the hood. I'm very comfortable there. All right. I am. I feel safer around thugs. I feel safer around thugs than I do around phonies. That's why I feel safer around dogs than I do around cats. Because when a dog finna kill you, you know. Cat be up there like he love you. Hey, hey. And if most people got them, got about 12 of them. Jesus had 12 disciples. They weren't cats. One of them was a snake, but he wasn't a cat. I don't, listen, subtract, subtract the work of God from my life. And I wouldn't know what to do myself. I'm serious. I, I just, I'm not, I don't know how to do anything. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying I can't tie my shoe or I can't wash. I'm just telling you, if you take the Bible, church, church people, worshiping God, walking with God, preaching out of my life. Listen, take, you take preaching out of my life. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Here's the reason why I'm killing my, listen, running around the world about to tired and frustrated. say, Pastor, slow down. I think I'd die if I quit preaching. You say, why are you telling us all that? I'm telling you all that. With my saved at four, surrendered to preach at nine, committed to reach my generation at 16, never tasted alcohol, never smoked a cigarette, never been in a movie theater, never been in the club. Watch this now. I need boundaries. Amen. Have you tasted alcohol? Don't answer. <laughs> in the club? Get saved later in life? You think you don't need them? Now, somebody in here said, well, you know, my children, we raised them differently. They're, they're, they're different kinds of kids. When, people, when, when parents say that, my kids are different. You know, people are like, we know. <laughs> We're glad you know. <laughs> they are different. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. We, 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 we got it. We have got to mark ourselves off. Some holiness, some worship, some atonement. We're never going to have a perfect church because it's full of imperfect people. But we better be checking ourselves. God, I'm on the schedule. I'm on the schedule. I'm supposed to sing this week. Let me practice my song. Let me make sure I memorize my words. Well, actually, 
Not anymore. The word's up there. Let me hit the notes right. Let me hold them out long enough. Let me hold the mic. Let me put my hand up. Where in the preparation is, let me live right this week. Because I don't want to get up on that stage and play with God. Now, there's churches where they got that mic thing down. I mean, they, they can bop it and they got the moves down. There's no holiness. I said, there's no holiness. I don't care how good he can play the drums. He don't need to be playing the drums if he got a boyfriend. He does not need to be playing the drum if he got a boyfriend. And she don't need to be playing the drums if she got a boyfriend that she living with. Sometimes you got to talk where people can understand what, this, what you're saying. My parents said to me, boy, you didn't grow up in the hood, but you sure act like it. I said, the Holy Spirit gave it to me. <laughs> there are a lot of things I like to play games about. Not God. And I don't take the ministry of this word lightly. I don't. Somebody told me, you, you don't let a lot of people preach in the church. I don't have a lot of pastors in this church. The church got one pastor. Several other pastors on staff. One pastor that's been slotted to feed the flock of God. It's not about monopoly. It's about responsibility. I'd be concerned about parents to have kids to send them over somebody's house six days a week. I'm like, we, we, as long as they're taken care of. No, 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 you're supposed to take care of your own kids. And I think if you're a pastor, you're supposed to preach in your own pulpit. Doesn't mean other people can't. I just, I just think it's, it's weak. It's irresponsible if I'm looking for a chance every opportunity I get not to preach. There's something wrong. Why do you want to be a preacher if you don't ever want to preach? I used to coach basketball. I'd look down at the bench and say, hey, you want to get in the game? No, I don't know if I really want to. Get off the team then. What do, you have a, what do you have a jersey on if you don't want to play in the game? What are you a preacher for if you don't want to preach the word of God? Take it seriously. <clears throat> believe all the study? I believe all the study. Yeah, I do. I believe all the pray. We will give ourselves continually to the word and prayer. Acts chapter 6. That was the, that was the, that was the impetus for the establishment of deacons. Acts chapter 6. That the pastors were too labored with taking care of feeding the widows. They didn't have time to study the book. So the church elected deacons to do other things in the church so that the pastor could give himself to the word and prayer. Listen to me. You better hope you got a pastor that gives himself to the word and prayer. Amen. That's why some of these guys so fresh and chasing women, they don't pray and they don't read. And I believe in both of them. I mean a, a heavy dose of prayer and reading. I'm not bragging. I'm telling you that boundaries me. 
He said, be careful, boy. A lot of these pastors drifting off the deep end. How far can you drift in a day? If you read your Bible every morning, you get a little, you turn a little bit, God said, get back over here. One day. Read it every day. Why? Because I don't want to offer strange fire. So I want you to think about this this week, would you? Think about it with me. We have a lot to think about. God wasn't playing then and he's not playing now. It's 2023, I know. We got social media and we, a church that's not trying to be on the cutting edge of technology is ineffective at reaching its community. But a church that thinks that it's okay to have no boundaries of holiness because we're in 2023 is a church that will soon have the candlestick of God removed from them. And we need God's touch way more than we need a bunch of people. May God help us in this area of strange fire. Our Father, we ask for thy help. I am asking for your help. And I pray that you'd help me. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. Pastor. I know that I'm saved. If you know that, would you raise your hand? Hands up all over the building. I have Bible reasons to prove it. Put your hands down. Pastor, I don't want to offer strange fire. Pray for me that I, that I take this thing about the work of God and holiness and worship seriously. My own life and as a member of this church or wherever I'm living, if that's you, would you slip your hand up all over the building? I don't want to be guilty of strange fire. God, help me. Help me. Then you got to make some choices. Put your hands down. And last question. Let me say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I died today. I'd go to heaven, but I do not want to go to hell. Would you pray for me? Anybody like that? I'm not sure if I died today. I'd go to heaven, but I'm sure I do not want to go to hell. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Anybody? I'll not embarrass you. Call your name out. I just want to pray for you. Anybody? Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. And we'll get somebody to help you. It's be a good time to do it. Right while the heart is fresh and hungry. Anyone else? I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven. But I don't want to go to hell. Anyone else? God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. Would you pray there in your seat? We'll not have you come forward, but you can go to the throne of God sitting down. Right? Say, God, help me. Help me not get caught up in, in the drama of worship that I missed the devotion. Bless God and direct. Do a great work and honor yourself through us in Jesus' name.